Thanks for tuning in to My Weight Live, the podcast where we talk to medical experts about the latest research and how you can apply it to reaching your best weight. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at myweightwhattoknow.com or search My Weight What to Know on Facebook. We're always posting new articles, videos, and tools that make living a healthy life easier. Welcome to My Weight What to Know, everybody. Endocrinologist Dr. Mega Podar joins us tonight to talk about the things we should think about when considering a weight loss program. Dr. Podar, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So it's that time of year when many of us set resolutions to lose weight and often sign up for a coach or a program. Let's start by talking about what people should know about weight loss programs generally. Are there some that are better than others? Absolutely. I, I think that the key to the best weight loss program is understanding what you need as an individual. The reality is that there are lots of different programs that offer different things, and we as individuals need different things to be successful. So how would you recommend someone go about figuring out if a certain diet plan or weight loss program is the right choice for them? What, what are the questions we should be asking ourselves? I think that the challenge is usually understanding what is it that you actually need to be successful. An interesting thing to think about is what have you done before? Has that worked for you? What have you enjoyed? What have you been able to do long term? And using those key factors to understand what the program is offering, do they highlight those things? And does it align with the things that you already enjoy? So you're asking us to do almost like an inventory of our past experiences, what has worked, what hasn't, in order to think about what's going to be the right fit for us going forward. Absolutely. And another key idea is to think about what are the goals of the program? Do those goals match what you're actually looking for? A lot of the times programs are emphasizing a certain aspect of our lifestyle that may not actually be a challenge for you. So looking at what the program is offering and what their outcomes are is going to be a helpful asset to, for you to know if it's successful for you. Okay, Dr. Potter, let's get down to the nitty gritty here. If someone is considering a weight loss program, for example, what are the questions to ask from the program? Is there any specific data we should be looking for? Tell us, tell us what we should be thinking about. I think it's really important that we ask a lot of questions up front. And I would say that one of the biggest predictors of success is to understand what the outcomes are of this program. What are their goals of measuring success? And are those the same goals that you're looking for? And the second point is, what are they going to do to ensure your success in the long term? Do they offer a maintenance program? If you are having difficulty in the future, is there an opportunity to get back into the program and how do you go about doing that? You know, I find that when we start a program, we're very motivated and things tend to go really well initially, but the long term is really when we're going to struggle. So what are the support systems available for those time periods? Uh, that's a great question. What are the claims we should be wary of? Are there any words or phrases that should kind of put our antennae up that says, hmm, I don't know if this is a legit program? If it's too good to be true, honestly, it's probably too good to be true. Uh, I find that when a program is focusing on a specific area of the body or offering a short-term result very easily, very quickly, you know, that sort of gets my spidey senses tingling that they're probably honing in on our vulnerabilities, on our sort of difficulty with our body image and narrowing in on trying to improve that by getting more clients on board. So, you know, when I see that, I, I tend to feel like that's a red flag. So problem area is definitely a red flag. Um, 
kind of quick fix kind of language, probably another red flag? Something that's a six week uh, quick fix, do this and everything will be great. You know, again, probably too good to be true. If a coach or the program, for example, wants us to buy supplements, is that a red flag? The supplement industry is, you know, a billion dollar industry. And we know that most supplements are likely not effective specifically for weight. So if a program is asking you to use a supplement, you want to understand why that is, what exactly uh, is it supposed to help you with, and to evaluate what the risks are, because many people feel that natural supplements don't have risks, but they in fact do. So you want to be very careful with that. And then I would say the most important factor is if you need to be on that supplement long term, is it doing what it is supposed to be doing? Many supplements say that they're going to give you more energy. They're going to make you feel better. You know, if you're using that supplement every day and within three to six months, you're not feeling that benefit, then it's unlikely that you need to be on that supplement long term. I find that many patients end up being paying tons and tons of money for things that are probably not effective and they don't realize uh, that there's a stop date that they can have for those things. Well, I want to underscore something you said at the beginning, which was, you know, there's really not great data around vitamins and supplements for weight management. Talk a little bit about that because I'm not sure many people realize that. Supplements do not have to undergo the same type of vigorous trials that medications do. So they don't have to spend all this time and money understanding what the risks and benefits of, of this medication is. And they are able to be put on the shelves as an over-the-counter medication and say pretty much whatever they want. Uh, so they can be selling you a dream and uh, be able to do that legally. Most of the time, if a patient asks me if they should be on this supplement, my answer is majority of the time, no, because it's unlikely that those supplements are truly treating the underlying uh, biology when it comes to weight management. Well, you've just described kind of this two-tiered system that, you know, prescription medications go through a very rigorous approval process. You know, the claims they make are very regulated, whereas vitamins and supplements, not at all the case. You know, they're, they're basically allowed to say, more or less whatever they want with very little regulation. So I'm so glad you pointed that out because like I said, I, I'm not sure that people always realize the, the difference there. I'm not sure they do either. And, and to be honest, I feel like we are quite vulnerable when we are hoping to lose weight. And I do feel like the supplement and diet industry really does prey on that. Uh, so if you're ever worried, I would say ask your primary care doctor, ask a healthcare practitioner to give you the real evidence under how these uh, supplements are being studied and what they're truly supposed to do. You mentioned earlier about the side effects that some supplements or vitamins might have. Should we talk to a pharmacist and make sure that whatever supplement we're wanting to take won't conflict with any medications we might be on? Absolutely. I would use our pharmacists as a great resource. In fact, they probably are the best resource, uh, especially when it comes to uh, adverse reactions with the medications that you're currently taking. Uh, and remember, most supplements do get processed in our liver, so they can cause problems with our organs if we are unaware of uh, what's already happening there. Okay, Dr. Podar, we've been talking about choosing the right program to begin. Now let's talk about how we transition from being in one of those programs kind of back to real life, especially if we've had success. What does that process look like? In an ideal world, I would say that that transition should be very smooth. 
The program that would be best suited for you is one that already matches your lifestyle. If you're really being asked to do something that is completely different from your norm or a very restrictive, aggressive measure that needs to be taken for a short period of time, inevitably, once you return back to your regular life, it's unlikely you're going to be able to sustain that program and do those same things. So when you're starting with a starting any weight management program, I would suggest having the end in mind. How am I going to do this forever? Do I enjoy it? Is this sustainable? Uh, and that can help you pick the right program for you. The most common things I'm telling patients when I first speak with them is, you know, is that goal realistic? Do you think that you can continue to do that 90% of the time forever? And more often than not, we're actually pulling back the throttle in terms of how to initiate some of these changes. So uh, again, I think realistic and sustainable are the two key words that come out time and time again when we think about programs like this. Are there any stories you have from working with patients kind of about that transition period, how they kind of transition from a more regimented approach kind of into real life that you think might be informative for the audience? The time a patient gets to me, they have tried so many different programs. And, and to be honest, majority of the time, it's, a, it's all about the weight cycling. I tried a program, it was very effective, I lost this much weight, and then two months later or two years later, I've gained that weight back. So I went back to the program, and then I lost weight again, and then I gained that weight back. And it's surprising to me how often a patient will try the same program over and over again, expecting a different result when we know that our biology and our body is set up this way. Unfortunately, when you lose weight and gain it back, you tend to gain back more weight than you started. Uh, so, you know, I would look back at your previous experiences and expecting a different result from the same treatment plan is probably not the best way to go. All right, so many questions for you based on that. Let's, let's talk about that weight cycling process. Why is it the case that when we lose weight, we often regain it? Talk about the physiological things that are happening in our bodies that drive that weight regain through no fault of our own. I think the number one thing that I hear is I lost motivation, so I gained the weight back. Well, in fact, our body is also playing a role in weight regain after weight loss. Whenever we lose weight, our body sends a signal that something is wrong. It will do whatever it takes from a hormonal perspective, from a metabolic perspective, to try and get our weight back up to where it was before, because that's what it thinks is healthy and natural. So whenever we lose weight, our hormones that regulate hunger and fullness go up, so we are physically more hungry. Our area of the brain that regulates craving Cravings get signaled, so we crave more food than we did before. And unfortunately, our metabolism drops. So we actually burn less calories when we lose weight than we did before. You can imagine that you could be eating really well and being as active as you can be, but if you're burning less calories than you were before, inevitably your weight is going to go up. So when you do lose weight, and if you are regaining it, this isn't necessarily your fault. This isn't a motivation try harder problem. It's what our bodies think that it's supposed to be doing. So you just said, you know, people tend to do a program, lose weight, and then regain it, and then try that program again, lose weight and regain it. 
if someone's watching saying, wow, that is me, I have done X program four times and I've always felt like it was my fault, what should they be thinking about instead? What are the alternatives they have for reaching a healthier weight in a way that's more sustainable? You are regaining weight, even though you are doing everything you can, you're eating well, you're being active, then this is a biology-driven problem, and we need biology-driven treatments. And that's where things like medications to manage our weight, even bariatric surgery, this is why these treatments are so effective, because they're actually fighting against that biology that may be driving your higher weight. So in a nutshell, that is why I feel like all the time we were harping on this message of go talk to your doctor about weight, because rather than trying, you know, given program for the 10th time, when you've done that weight cycling, a physician can kind of help you address those physiological issues that you just laid out so beautifully that may be driving the weight regain through nothing that we're doing behaviorally. Unfortunately, the messaging thus far has been, this is your problem, you have to deal with it on your own. But that's not true. You know, our us as healthcare providers are really trying to help our patients understand the physiology and biology behind what's going on. And we have effective treatments to help. And probably 10 years ago, that wasn't the case, which has driven the diet industry and the supplement industry to take ownership over that. Uh, but we know better now. And there is certainly good help out there through your healthcare provider. So you said earlier that uh, a lot of times when patients come to see you, they have tried everything else and never been able to have kind of sustained success. So tell us the story of a patient or, or several patients you've seen where they've tried everything and it's really only been medical treatment that's enabled them to, to be successful long term. I think that's majority of my patients. Uh, I, unfortunately, by the time they've gotten to me, they've spoken to their primary care doctor, they've, they've championed their way through this madness to get to uh, a specialist who is specifically helping patients in this area. That's a very long journey. Uh, by the time a patient gets to me, you know, if the, the biology is their underlying problem, when we treat that biology with, for example, a medication, uh, I, I have had so many patients really feel like themselves again. They really sort of describe, I have control over the things that I needed to have control over, and I can do so many more of the things that I wasn't able to do for so long. Uh, and to be honest, that's the reason I'm uh, interested in this area. It's those kind of stories. It's it's very different from seeing someone's blood sugar go down because uh, you don't feel any different. You don't feel any better. It's not an aha moment to a lot of other aspects of your life. But when you take away the stigma and the shame and blame that so many of us carry around uh, related to our weight, and we separate our weight from our self-worth, I think it's an incredible thing that can happen. Dr. Potter, we've, we've been talking about a range of different kind of weight loss programs, but one of the most common ones out there are meal replacements. So there are tons of juice cleanses, smoothie programs, and meal replacement programs that are commercially available. Talk about the difference between a medically supervised meal replacement program and a commercially available one. So a medically super, supervised meal replacement program is generally, a, first of all, approved by Health Canada, which is an important statistic. Uh, and is often paired with very intensive behavioral counseling. So most of our programs, at least in Ontario, require you to be part of group sessions on a weekly basis, where they really speak with you around behavioral modification to help you make changes in your lifestyle after meal replacements are discontinued. 
And it's really that intensive behavioral counseling that will be the success story, not necessarily the meal replacements themselves. When it comes to commercially available programs, again, I feel that it is generally a quick fix. I don't think I've met a single patient that has been on a detox program or a juice cleanse that has no longer needed any support after going through that process. It tends to be a quick fix and usually not an effective one. Uh, so I would really highly, highly recommend against it. It's probably a waste of money. Is there a, a type of patient or a type of person who you think would benefit most from a medically supervised meal replacement program? Maybe someone who's you know about to get knee surgery and needs to lose a certain amount of weight. You know, how should someone evaluate whether that might be the right approach for them? This is a really important question because meal replacement programs seem really easy. I don't have to pick out, I don't have to go grocery shopping, I don't have to cook food, and I don't have to think about it. It's the perfect solution. Unfortunately, meal replacement programs are always going to be a short-term solution. So the question is, what am I going to do next? And I feel like the patients that I would refer to a meal replacement program are trying to get them one step closer to the actual treatment, which takes place afterwards. So for example, if your weight is very high, uh, that your surgical risk is very high for bariatric surgery, being part of a meal replacement program, reducing your weight and reducing your surgical risk to get bariatric surgery. The surgery is actually your treatment plan. The meal replacement is your stepping stone. Similarly, if you need to reduce weight for fertility treatments or knee replacements or hip replacements, the actual treatment and goal is not the meal replacement or weight reduction. It's the what comes afterwards. So you always want to make sure that you have a plan for after the meal replacement program is done. Dr. Potter, if we take a step back here, is there one thing you wish people understood about the diet industry overall? One thing that we should be maybe be a little more clear-eyed about? The diet industry is only out to support the diet industry. It's really selling us a quick fix way to help us think that we're happier because we're thinner and solve all of our problems. And I think that it's unfortunate because it really is preying on our vulnerabilities that the diet industry has set out there for us. So I would say that an important key point when you're thinking about weight management programs and just your weight journey in general is how are you making changes to be the person that you'd like to be as opposed to what changes you're making to lose weight. And if those two things are not the same, then we really need to think about what are the tools to help you meet your goals more effectively and sustainably in the long term. One thing I've heard you talk about several times is the difference between kind of short-term thinking, short-term goals versus long-term, you know, sustainable success. When you're talking to patients, how do you encourage them to kind of meld those two worlds? One of the biggest challenges in this area is motivation. You know, how do I stay motivated to keep doing the things that I'm doing forever? And I think that's where the perception and the mindset really has to change as to why you're doing the things that you're doing. If you're being more active and eating a certain way to lose weight, I promise you that is not going to be motivating forever. If you're being more active because it makes you feel better, gives you more energy, helps you sleep better, improves your mood, those are things that are likely to be motivated and motivating in the long term. So I think that one of the key focuses on making behavior change is making sure you understand why you're doing them and making sure that reason why is 
truly part of your value system as opposed to a number on the scale. Last question for you. Anything that we haven't covered during this conversation about weight loss programs that you wish we had? Any, anything that we need to touch on? Often, once you are part of a diet world or a diet culture, it really is very encompassing. And most of the time when you weight cycle and you reduce weight from a restrictive diet and regain it, we're setting you up for more and more challenges to being able to keep your weight off in the long run. So if, if anything were to sort of be taken away from today's discussion is really understanding lifestyle changes, understanding that short-term solutions are not going to be effective in the long term, and really seeking support from your healthcare provider if you feel like that's the right spot for you. Wow, Dr. Podar, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This has been such a helpful conversation, particularly as many of us are thinking about what we want to do in the new year. So thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.